0: at shalomkline.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. So I'm super excited about this week's conversations. As always, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. But I'm so excited to be rejoined with the guru of independent health insurance. And that is Tom Mirabali. And before I bring Tom in over here, a reminder that you can always get in touch with Tom, by giving him a call, 630-863-3477, or visiting his website, healthplanchicago.com. But let me tell you a thing or two about Tom Urbale. So Tom is an independent agent. That means that he's able to help people get affordable healthcare plans. And that is something everybody wants to do. Even uh, even when you know, might not be in the sort of open enrollment period, Tom knows how to uh, how to make things happen and get those deals. Tom, welcome back to Get Down to Business. Thank you for having me. How have you been doing? I am well, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so much better now that I've got the guru on himself. So Tom, Hey, let's um, you rock know, and roll. Okay. <laughs> you know, a thing or two about health insurance and, um, and 2022 is, uh, well, it might feel a lot like 2021. Um, you know, it's, it's a new year and that's a uh, time for new beginnings. So Tom, um, first question that i want to ask you is i hear this from our listeners quite a bit uh folks that were on a plan a health insurance plan in 2021 and they were happy with it they've been happy with with the plan with their tier can they just sort of take no action and are they all set or do they need to get in touch with somebody like you
2: now if they're happy with their plan they're going to get a rate increase on an annual basis but if they're happy with the plan they can stay with the plan but they're going to have to go With the higher out-of-pocket costs, and I believe from uh, last year it was $8,550 per person to this year, which is $8,700, give or take a couple of dollars here and there. But um, that's per person, two per family max. So you're looking at over $17,000 in family out-of-pocket
0: costs. So Tom that was the softball that was the softball in this conversation. Um today I want to have a conversation um sort of uh teaching people because this is an opportunity for everybody to understand uh, those high high costs um you know regardless of what line of work you might be in health insurance is increasingly a huge chunk of what's coming out of somebody's salary. So Tom I mean of this course. probably is a, is a dumb question but what causes high health insurance premiums? What are the factors that are involved?
2: Well, claims. You know, with the, uh, I call it the Unaffordable Care Act, but you know, you accept everybody, which is fine and good, just like Medicare, but all of those people with pre existing conditions, cancer, uh, insulin dependent diabetes, uh, et cetera, et cetera, those all add up to health care costs that are going to raise the prices in the following year. So like in 2021, um, let's say they had a a billion dollars worth of expenses. Okay, well the, the billions of dollars of expenses that the Affordable Care Act incurs, somebody's gotta pay for those expenses. That's why in 2022, the prices went up, the deductibles went up because people have to pay all of those expenses.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, what are the options for more affordable coverage, Tom? I know that's your area of expertise. For for those that are sort of tired of spending that seventeen thousand dollars or more, what can they do to to look for better options that that perhaps is customized to them and their family's needs?
2: Well, all they have to do is call me at the. Uh... Uh, 863 3477 number, 630 863 3477. And I offer free advice, no no commitments whatsoever. I mail out either by email or by U.S. Postal Service uh, complete descriptions of what I'm doing. I give them free quotes. And if a client is healthy, let's take a family of four, and let's say that um, everybody is healthy, I can save them. A boatload of money. Example. Let me let me back up for a minute. Just like one guy, fifty-nine years old, non-smoker, lives in Cook County. He um, his cheapest cost at age fifty-nine under the ACA with um oh boy, the eighty-seven fifty out-of-pocket expense is a bronze HMO plan at seven hundred and fifty dollars a month. Now I can get this person a one hundred percent plan. On the short-term plans ppo plans any doctor any hospital two thousand five hundred dollar deductible at five hundred dollars a month and you can use anybody you want now that's another problem with the aca you have to make sure that whatever plan you take with the affordable care act that your doctor and hospital are in the network and trust me there's been a lot of fallout a lot of doctors are saying we don't take that anymore or we only take the HMO blue precision plans under the ACA.
0: Absolutely. So again, I'm chatting with Tom Murabali, the health insurance guru, healthplanchicago.com, 630 863 3477. And you're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You're listening to Get Down to Business. And uh, Tom, I always appreciate the uh, scenarios that you provide and how you are helping people save money. Um, And as we said when we started this conversation, somebody that's happy with their plan, they don't need to change it. But the reality is that this is my advice um, to everybody tuning in is pay close attention, especially in a new year, pay close attention to uh, where your shekels are going and, uh, and how you can save money because the reality is your costs will be going up and you need to make sure not only are you saving money, but you're also covered in the areas that you need to be covered. and Tom, I know you provide that candid if there's one thing I know about you, it's that you provide the candid advice um, and you get to know your customers really, really well. So um, again, I mentioned when we started the conversation that right now we are not in the uh, in the uh, open enrollment period that period just ended, but there are ways around that. there's there's ways that people can get into a plan. Tom, can you walk us through that?
2: Well, sure. Uh, If uh, a client has a a group plan and the employer uh, stops the plan or the client no longer works for that employer, uh, so the client would lose their group coverage, that creates what we call a special enrollment provision, where the client has 63 days to go and get a plan like mine uh, in the private marketplace. Um, The other thing is, if you have, let's say, a family of four, let's pick on a family of four again, If one of those people is uninsurable out of the four, I could put the other three healthy people out of the family into my short-term plans, and uh, there's no maternity in these plans, so we could take mom and the two kids and um, put them into my short-term plan, and my short-term plans are renewable. But dad, let's say he's got the insulin-dependent diabetes, we'll put him in the Affordable Care Act. And we can work a special provision. Another special provision is if a client moves. Once that client moves or changes his address, that client has 63 days to get into the Affordable Care Act.
0: Absolutely. I'm chatting with Tom Mirabali from HealthPlanChicago.com, 630-863-3477. And Tom, as we uh, are coming to uh, to the end of our of our time before commercial, uh, I, I want to make sure uh, to ask you this, especially as everybody's mind is shifting to uh, filing their taxes, uh, believe it or not, we're in another tax season. Tom, do you, uh, do you, uh, are you able to sort of work Uh, in that sort of coalition of partners uh, to ensure that everybody's getting the information that they need uh, to uh, both for compliance purposes, but also that the plan that you're selecting will will work uh, well with uh, with somebody uh, with their accountant as well. Do you work well with the partners of a lawyer and accountant, financial advisors and so on? How does how do you and your team uh, sort of interact at that level?
2: Well, that's a good question because i specifically go with the health insurance and yes i sell life insurance and long-term care nursing home insurance but i tell people if you have a legal question contact your attorney if you have an accounting question contact your accountant because these rules change left and right up and down the whole nine yards jack of all trades and master of none is not Mm -hmm. my mode of operation i would suggest if people want a referral i have lawyers I have um, accountants, I have certified financial planners at my disposal, that if they care to get other advice that I mm-hmm. cannot give them, I will give them those numbers if they wish, well, that's and a great all of the place. advice.
0: That's a great You're place free. to uh, to end. Uh, Tom Murabali, I yes. cannot thank you enough for joining us. Uh, I know our listeners can give you a call at 630-863-3477, 630-863-3477, or visit healthplanchicago.com. Got to squeeze in a very quick break. We'll be back on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship in just a moment. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Speaking of entrepreneurship, that is exactly the topic that we'll be discussing in our next conversation. And I love to bring on subject matter experts, and that's exactly what Paige Hulse is. Paige is an attorney and business owner who focuses on bridging the gap between creative business owners and the legal world. Often those two things can't coexist. So Paige, welcome to Get Down to Business. Thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. So I'd love to get to know the person behind the microphone. I know that you have uh, you have an interesting background of uh, sort of following a uh, pretty conventional uh, litigator route, but uh, you, fou- you caught the entrepreneurial bug. Tell us uh, how that story developed.
3: I did. I don't think there are many people out there that can uh, trace a direct line from working as an oil and gas litigator to then... Working with wedding professionals, but that's exactly what happened to me. As <laughs> uh, so I started my career as, like I said, an oil and gas litigator, I got into it not necessarily because I loved oil and gas, but because I loved the entrepreneurial spirit that a lot of my clients had. I come from an entrepreneur background, so the family myself. Um, to make a very long story short, the more that I started working with my clients and actually was working in the courtroom day in and day out, I needed a creative outlet just so happened to be the same time of life that most of my friends were getting married. And I ended up um, working with helping negotiate quite a few contracts um, through that process and realized that there was a pretty big uh, hole in the market in terms of legal support for people that are specialized in the creative industry. So in 2017, I left the firm and started my own practice to fill fill that hole.
0: Page health Law, and uh, certainly, you know how to bridge that gap, as we just said a moment ago. So, um, I, you know, now, now that we've got that background, and, and certainly our listeners know that you can relate to what a new business owner goes through, uh, I'll ask you that question. You know, we're still in early 2022. Lots of people that are fired up with new entrepreneurial ideas. What do they need to know about establishing their corporate entity?
3: The very first thing that I tell all of my clients, no matter once, once you're selling anything, let's just say over a $400 mark. Once you're selling any goods or services, you need to start looking at getting um, your formation in place. So we want an entity. We want to separate our personal assets and liability from our business assets and liability. So for example, if you... If you I mean, think of whatever example you, you want to, but if you were to get in trouble from a business aspect, you don't want to end up in court and be in a position where a judge can make you liquidate your house and your car to satisfy a judgment. Uh, we want to keep our personal lives and our business lives completely separate in every way. The easiest way to do that initially is for most an LLC, which is just a limited liability company.
0: Absolutely, and I know that different states sometimes have uh, have different entities, and you know everybody gets a a, a piece of the pie. I you know that there's the state incorporation, and then of course filing for your EIN that's a separate process. But that's why you work with an attorney like Paige Hulse, who is an attorney and, as we said, also a business owner who focuses on bridging the gap between creative business owners and the legal world. And Paige, uh, you know, I'm I'm really curious um, if I can. Count the number of times that I've heard from business owners um, that have contacted me after hearing an episode of Get Down to Business and said, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I have my first opportunity to bring on a new client. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write up that contract. And then they had that rude awakening that they may have just signed something that actually put them in a pretty challenging predicament. So, Paige, how do you how do you sort of balance that, that excitement of maybe making your first hire? or bringing on some of your new clients, what do you need to know about contracts?
3: That is uh, that is such a good point. I'm glad that you bring that up. Um, I know that contracts are not the most fun thing to talk about, but being forewarned means being forearmed. So it's always best to get this knowledge before we actually start interacting with our clients. Um, it's kind of a dorky analogy. I say we wanna get our structure in place first because that's the home of our business before we start letting people in through the doorway via our contracts, we want to make sure that that doorway is secure. Um, as any contract attorney can tell you, I can invalidate one paragraph in an in indemnity clause if um, if it's missing a single word in some states. Hmm. So when it comes to contracts, it, this is one of those areas where once you do it, do it right the first time, um, work with somebody who is familiar with your industry, somebody who's familiar with contract law, and hopefully somebody who is willing to go to court and fight that contract on your behalf. If, um, if the opportunity were to arise or the necessity were to arise, because again, within a contract, every single word matters. And the way that a contract attorney looks at them is, I mean, it's a tapestry that comes together. One paragraph on page six can tie in with one paragraph on page two and, um, we can get we can get crafty with it. And so you just want to make sure that you invest in a strong one initially so that we don't have to keep revisiting the same the same issues over and over again.
0: Absolutely. I'm chatting and learning from uh, Paige Hulse from the creative law shop and uh, Paige, a uh, little-known fact is, I know that you are a calligrapher. Um, but I have a hunch that with those long contracts, as you said, that might extend into page six, seven, and eight. Uh, hopefully, you're not doing them all by hand. That's the uh, advantage of, uh, of of good systems. And I know you've uh, you've done a, a handful or two of uh, of contracts. So we've talked a little bit on the on the. Call it the business side, meaning the the contracts. Let's just say in terms of bringing on clients and uh, and business opportunities. I want to talk for a moment about uh, employment, and we know that uh, you have the opportunity to bring on an employee as what we would say a W two, um, so sort of a standard employee. But then there's also an opportunity to bring people on as contractors under a 1099. What's the difference between the two uh, as it relates to legal obligations?
3: So this is one of the few times that you, this is a rare instance where you will hear me compliment the IRS website because they have, <laughs> if you Google this question on the IRS website, they break down pretty clearly the difference between a contractor and employee for intents and purposes of this conversation. Know that most entrepreneurs, especially in the startup phase, you're looking for, you're probably going to be hiring an independent contractor. This is somebody that you are assigning tasks that they are helping you um, Think of like a virtual assistant. Think of somebody who's helping run social media accounts, things like that. You're not actually paying them a specific paycheck every single day. They don't clock in at a certain time every single day. You probably haven't given them, for example, their computer that they use to perform the task. Um, And in essence, they're not as reliant upon your business in order for their business to continue on. In fact, they usually have their their own business. Um, This is a very easy way, the easiest way for any entrepreneur to protect themselves in this instance is to have a separate, um, we want it in writing. So have an independent contractor agreement. If you have an employee, have an employment agreement. But if you ever blur that line between contractors and employees, um, the IRS could find you liable for things like back taxes and other fun things that we want to avoid. One of the easiest ways to save yourself from that predicament again is to just have have that relationship solidified in black and white writing.
0: Absolutely and it's those little things that's perfect segue it's those little things like uh things uh, the difference between a w-2 and a 1099 or things like uh, making sure your website uh, is in compliance with uh, with local uh, privacy laws and and, and so on. Um, that's why you need an attorney, and we're not going to be able to cover absolutely everything in this conversation. Paige, hopefully you'll come back and we'll be able to continue our conversation about how you are making essentially the law more accessible for all sorts of businesses, but I know you're passionate certainly in that creative space, which is the name of your firm, The Creative Law Shop. So, Paige, in our final minute or so remaining, um, you are a business owner yourself. You're an entrepreneur. What's that one tip, that one bit of advice? And uh, I'll caveat that by saying not a legal bit of advice, but but something just in terms of running your own business that you want to make sure that our listeners sort of put into action in the week ahead.
3: Oh, that has lots come to mind. I would say initially, follow, follow that curiosity, as cliche as it sounds. If there's that nagging idea you just can't get rid of, um, follow it. And at the same time that you're doing that, make sure that you're not just haphazardly throwing spaghetti at the wall and not attacking without a plan. Um, Once you think that you have a business idea, even it sounds people thought I was insane when I started a a template shop as a lawyer, but it was just one of those ways that I had an idea that um, could make the law more accessible to entrepreneurs worldwide. Um, Attack it with a plan. Make sure that if you hire, you hire smart. You hire somebody that you can trust. Cover that with an NDA. Make sure that you're not just blindly trusting people to help you. Um, Map out your business plan. And Mm -hmm. I I will always recommend that you start with a due diligence search. Make sure that when you start that that startup, you're not accidentally infringing upon anyone else's brand and walking into liability in that way as well.
0: Definitely, Paige Hulse from Page Hulse Law and the Creative Law Shop are uh, both tremendous resources and I know our listeners will wanna get in touch. Paige, real quick, can you tell us uh, how we can uh, get in contact with you?
3: You can find every contract I've ever written converted into a template at hello at shopcreativelaw.com or at shopcreativelaw.com. You can email me for trademark services at um, hello at Paige, Hulse.com, Paige Hulse.com, and the website is PaigeHulse.com.
0: Fantastic. Paige Charles, thanks so much for joining us. We've got to squeeze in a quick break here on the show about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, ShalomKlein.com. Uh, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share uh, this podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can find it just by searching for Get Down to Business. But again, one more time, my website is shalomkline.com. Check out our sponsors, Tom Marabali from healthplanschicago.com. You heard him earlier on the program, and he certainly can help you save a lot of money when it comes to your health insurance, which uh, is a pretty drastic expense. Um, But as always, I want to share some tips with our loyal fans and listeners, and that is about public speaking i'm going to share five ways that you can improve your public speaking skills uh, in 2020 too. So many positions across all experience levels and industries involve some level of public speaking. Frankly, you can't escape from it. Practicing, improving your public speaking skills can help you make advancements in your career and potentially identify a new strength for your resume. There are several various skills that make a great public speaker, some of which can include things like body language, which I can't practice on the radio, um, connecting with the audience, delivery, interesting presentation, and Practice. So a couple of ideas, tips that you should keep in mind as you work on improving your public speaking skills that I wanted to share with you is work on your delivery. We know the old saying of practice makes perfect. The way you deliver a message is important when speaking publicly. While the content of your speech may be perfect, the audience needs to be able to both hear and understand the information you're sharing. Here's some examples that can help you improve your delivery. Cut out the filler. Cut out filler words like um or ah, which might distract from your message. Bringing an outline of general ideas in your speech can help you avoid stumbling on your words when you're not sure what to say next. You should avoid memorizing a script, however, which can be harmful if you forget or skip a word or a phrase. Speak slowly and enunciate. I know sometimes I'm having so much fun having conversations on the radio with amazing entrepreneurs and amazing people, but speak more slowly than you would in normal conversations to ensure that your words are heard clearly. Be careful to articulate every one of your words and pause. Include occasional pauses to give the audience a moment to think about what you've just said. A pause can be especially useful right after you've made a point, explained something or asked a question. For example, you might want to pause for a moment after asking what type of leader do you think you are? Sort of that pause for dramatic effect. Use the correct tone of voice, work on your tone of voice as much as possible. Speak loudly enough for the group to hear. Use varying pitch to draw the audience in rather than a monotone voice and listen to public speakers you admire. Popular TED Talks to hear examples of engaging voice modulation. Okay, body language. This is a tough one for me to demonstrate here on the radio, but when speaking public, body language can help support your speech as nonverbal communication. Keep your shoulders back, your spine straight with a gentle smile. Move around the stage calmly, moving with the flow of your presentation. Avoid standing behind items like desks or tables. Do not be distracting to the audience by moving too much. A couple of additional body language tips for public speaking is stand with a relaxed, upright posture. Avoid swaying or rocking back and forth. Gesture with your arms and hands to make a point or describe details of your story. For example, open your arms out to the group as you say, this is something we've all experienced at one time or another. It will bring people in move to different areas of the stage occasionally without turning your back on the audience. And if you're at a podium, angle your head and your body toward different parts of the audience as you speak. Match your facial expression and overall energy to the tone of what you're saying. For most professional presentations, you want to exude a pleasant, energetic disposition. And most importantly, connect with your audience, making the audience feel included in the speech can keep the group engaged and help them connect to the information you're presenting. There's a couple of things that you can do to connect with your audience when you're speaking in public, and that involves making eye contact with the audience, looking at various audience members throughout your speech, ask questions to encourage input from your audience, call on audience members to hear their answers, or ask for a show of hands, listen thoroughly, And jot notes to incorporate their their responses into your presentation. For example, by a show of hands, who here has had a hard time writing performance reviews for their employees? You'll see the engagement from everybody that you have in the room. Use vocabulary, metaphors, examples that your audience can relate to. If the audience includes people from a variety of backgrounds, don't use industry-specific language that some people may not understand. And of course, as I said earlier, make sure your content is actually interesting. Sometimes even tedious topics can become interesting when it's presented in the right way. Some Make sure you're opening with an exciting line like a surprising statistic, funny antidote. Maybe include personal stories or jokes. Use visual aids and use callback phrases and outline what you're going to talk about so people know what to expect. And the last bit of advice that I want to share with you again is practice makes perfect. Yes, practice does make perfect. Don't wing it. Don't just say, I'm going to play it by ear and it's all going to work out. The reality is that it's not going to work out unless you make it work out yourself by preparing, practicing, and uh, and getting ready for this. So again, I hope you found this information helpful. Please get on my website, shalomkline.com, uh, to let me know what you think. And as I said, we've got eight plus years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship with some amazing amazing people and speaking of amazing people i mentioned body language and i'm going to be joined by the creator of the body language decoder that's right i'll be joined by martin brooks experienced communication coach and trainer after this very quick break don't touch that dial you'll we'll be back and get down to business in just a moment I've been super excited for this conversation. I'm joined by Martin Brooks, as I mentioned just before the break, an experienced communication coach and trainer. And he is the creator of the body language uh, decoder, which is uh, 50 illustrated cards that reveal what others are really thinking. Amazing. Martin Brooks, welcome to the program. Hey, fantastic to be here. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for this conversation. As you just heard um, earlier, I, uh, I I love helping people communicate. And I know that that's your background. So, Martin, I know you share my passion. How did you get into this line of work?
1: Yeah. So, my background was in sales and sales leadership. And as part of that, I always had a, a training element to what I did. And I always had that curiosity that came from a psychology professor who said to me once, What's the difference that makes the difference? What are those peak performance things that top performers do to be better than just average, to be consistently better? So I started to become more and more fascinated with what those elements were. So whether it was body language or voice or then how we structured language. And I've got a really good eye for body language. I picked it up and I find it absolutely fascinating and easy to study. And then to be able to implement what I was learning whilst I was standing up in front of a classroom full of people or or giving a keynote speech, then I could actually sense check what works, what doesn't work. So I, I had live audiences who were my guinea pigs to try everything out, to be really defined and help keynote speakers, help presenters, help leaders use their body language as effectively as possible.
0: Well, definitely. You are the body language expert, um, and you're always welcome here on Get Down to Business. Um, But the title of your car deck, um, which we'll certainly share how people can learn more about, it's called the Body Language Decoder. So most important question that I know all of our listeners are probably asking in their cars or wherever they might be tuning in is what parts of people's bodies are you decoding?
1: Yeah, it's the whole thing really because you're we're looking at people even though we may be looking at that area between from their eyebrows to the kind of mid chest when we're interacting with them face to face and even interestingly enough where we're doing remote communication by zoom or some other networks we tend to look at that particular area quite focused but we're aware of all of body language at an unconscious level and that always has that message. Those are those funny feelings that we get. Do we trust somebody? Do we like somebody? Are they Are they confident? Are they nervous? But we do tend to zone in on the, on the face and the hands and those gestures because they're most accessible. And those are the ones that are most important to get right.
0: Absolutely. And you heard my uh, sort of amateur um, advice on uh, on, yeah. on body language for public speaking, but you are, uh, you've really tapped into something really, really interesting. You mentioned the Z word, that Zoom word, um, mm. which is very, very much a part of our life. Uh, and this is something that, frankly, every single person tuning in is dealing with. Frankly, you're yeah. listening to me communicate right now, and you're not even seeing me face to face. So this has become even more important and even more relevant. So what is that one bit of advice, that homework assignment, if you will, that mm. you have for our listeners in their Zoom meetings in the week ahead. Yeah.
1: The big thing about Zoom meetings, whether it's camera on or camera off, you really have to put that physical energy in. It's so much easier for people now to get disengaged. So your enemy is their inbox. And that inbox sits on their phone and they can, they can check that and then get pulled away into that. What's absolutely fascinating to me is if you watch any of the animated movies and any of the actors that are doing the voiceovers, you will always see them gesticulate wildly and jump up and down and make all of the hand movements. Look at Robin Williams when he was voicing Aladdin, even Keanu Reeves when he was doing the voiceover for Toy Story. All those actors are doing all of those dramatic movements to get their vocal qualities across. Now, if camera's off, as we are now, I'm moving my hands around. I'm making sure I'm sitting up straight. I'm gesticulating with my hands to add extra punch and, uh, and extra pronunciation to my to my words. And if we were camera on, then of course, that visual engagement with the people on the other side is really important. That our eyes are drawn to movement and human beings are primary sense is our site. So it's really important that we're visually engaging, we're illustrating our points with our hands, or we're making more general confidence gestures to assure people that we do know what we're talking about.
0: Of course, I'm chatting with Martin Brooks, experienced communication coach and trainer. He has a consultancy practice. Um, and his body language analysis has been aired on uh, the BBC, LBC Radio and the Discovery Channel. We're gonna talk um, in a couple of minutes about the body language decoder, a, uh, a card set uh, that reveals what others are really thinking Um, But Martin, my big takeaway over here is certainly body language is important, even when you are not face to face. Um, Mm. So sort of a a fun, fun question. Um, I'm curious. I I know you watch uh, you watch uh, television and you see politicians, you see people in public, (laughs) public life uh, that communicate. I want to I want to throw two names out there Um, Mm. hearing your accent. Um, I'm going to ask you about Boris Johnson, who's been in the news quite a bit. And I'm going to ask you about Donald Trump, who's been in the uh, news on our side of the pond. What do you what do you see? Uh, What patterns do you pick up in terms of their body language?
1: Well, it's fascinating at the moment. Boris Johnson is very much in the news uh, currently about the what was commonly been referred to as party gate. And interestingly enough, I was on radio being interviewed the other week about uh, about some of his potential deception tells where he was denying being at the party. But when he was asked about it, he nodded his head. Yes, this is defined in body language decoder as a truth slip. When our body language tells the truth, when we may not be saying exactly the same thing with our words. And that's I was on the talking- Boris Johnson
0: side. Tell us real quick yeah. about Donald Trump. Yeah,
1: and Donald Trump, you know, you see a lot of him do a lot of what we call the power play gestures, trying to assert himself, really trying to tell everybody that he's the boss, he's in charge, quite, quite aggressive the way he moves and points and gesticulates. And that's something that's very much come across in his communication style.
0: Fascinating, fascinating stuff. Again, I'm chatting with the body language decoder himself, Martin Brooks. I've got to squeeze in a very quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the body language decoder and uh, learn how to get in touch with you. Martin Brooks, we'll be right back and get down to business. Hey, listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I've been learning from Martin Brooks, uh, the creator of the Body Language Decoder, which includes 50 illustrated cards that reveals what others are really thinking. Um, We've already chatted in our our conversation about how body language is still important. And even when you're not face-to-face, we've talked about his background and some of the tips, advice that he has. And we even already squeezed in about Boris Johnson and Donald Trump and how they use their body language. Um, Sometimes for truth-telling, maybe sometimes not. Uh, But Martin, what you do is fascinating. And I know you're bringing this down to the lowest level where everybody can actually decode body language. So tell us about the new product, Body Language Decoder.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. The thing that's really fascinating to me about it is making sure, with a training and development background, that it's not just something observational, but it's something that people can put into practice straight away. And that's what I really liked about Body Language Decoder when I was approached by the publishers with an illustration on one side, which shows you exactly what to do, and then a written explanation on the other side of the card. It would be easy not only for people to observe and decode other people's body language more successfully, but also be able to put it into practice to come across more confidently, more credibly, and getting across your level of competence as well
0: oh my gosh that's amazing so as well as your card deck you also have video based series which probably makes it a little bit easier to talk about body language um and i know it's called body language mastery what's in that that's not in the body language decoder well
1: first of all there's 101 separate video tips and body language mastery so there's a lot more content those those video clips are just short snappy videos they average about 87 seconds And I break body language down into how you can use your hands. There's 46 separate gestures you can use with your hands, 10 for your face, 13 for your posture, 4 for your head, and also 28 behaviors from body language that can reduce your impact, reduce your your standing in other people's eyes. So things not only to do, but also be aware of what not to do. So it's 101 videos in body language mastery. It's available on teachable.com.
0: Teachable.com. Absolutely. And I know your website is successthroughimpact.com as well. And uh, all your products are very accessible. And uh, Martin, I'll say this, that if you can uh, tell me what our listeners are doing with their body language right now, wherever they might be tuning in, then uh, you'll win the grand prize. But we won't test down on that right now. Uh, Martin, i love to leave our, our listeners with a, uh, with a tip. A little bit of advice we've already shared quite a bit of advice but what are the top three body language patterns that people can use or look out for in their everyday lives in the week ahead
1: well the most important thing is become much more self-aware of your own body language none of us like seeing ourselves on video everybody goes you kind of like recoils when we see ourselves in video we must become more aware of how we're presenting ourselves to the world and then we can go if we don't like what we can see, then you can use the, the body language decoder or body language mastery to go, well, what do I want to change? What do I want to be more to be assert myself more confidently, look more credible? So the first tip is become more aware of how you are putting yourself across. You mentioned earlier about looking at TED Talks and people that you admire. The great, all, all of the techniques that I've got, I've stolen from other people. I've watched other people present and train and go, yeah, that's great. I love the way they're using their hand. That looks good. And so also pay attention to other people, people that you particularly like, which is always interesting, because then that there's traits there that you can copy and you can manage. So self-awareness, look out what other people do that you can do as well and also access some easily accessible products like body language decoder or body language mastery those are my three top tips
0: I love it. I love it. You and I think alike. And um, I will uh, just conclude by saying this, that I have actually watched myself um, with the volume off and I've watched uh, myself in public speaking. First time I did it, it was a uh, it was a traumatic experience, um, <laughs> but uh, practice does make perfect. And that's what this is all about. Martin Brooks really enjoyed our conversation. One more time, where can people get in touch with you and uh, purchase the Body Language Decoder?
1: Uh, the best place to get in contact with me is on the website, success.com through impact.com. I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn and the Body Language Decoder you can purchase on Amazon. Just search Fantastic. Body Language Decoder.
0: Well, that's a wrap for us here in Get Down to Business, this show all about small business, jobs and entrepreneurship to success. Let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next time at 6 p.m. right here in AM560 The Answer.